Welcome back. It's Mike here. Uh, I have some very important questions I have to ask our friend Wendy Patrick, our attorney pal. She's also an author, speaker, radio host herself. Find her at wendypatrickphd.com. My friend, I, I'm very nervous about the future of our country based on a story that just crossed my browser. I'm very, very nervous about the future of America. Always a pleasure to join you, Mike. I, I think I've heard you say that several times in just the last few days, which tells me there are plenty of stories that are coming out that are making people a little bit nervous, as you say. Well, this one may be the worst of all. This one, I just think if someone doesn't stand up and do something, that we will be going down not just a slippery slope, but off the edge of the skyscraper into the abyss, headed down to straight to a very hot place. And I, I don't even think you know about this story, but I just saw that Sex and the City is getting another revival. <laughs> I did not expect that was a story that was going to follow that windup. Sex and the City, huh? Okay. <laughs> I, I just think that it's an indicator that we are this close to the end of our world, that a, a giant flaming meteor of death is about to strike the planet and send us all back to an ice age. I think a little bit of comic relief, Mike, is always a great idea. So I, I'm glad that we let off with this one. We must stop this now. Who do I talk to? <laughs> you know, Mike, I think there's been a push to perhaps uh, introduce or reintroduce, in this case, some lighthearted content to counteract the heavy issues that we're facing as a society. Perhaps that's part of the explanation, or maybe it's just coincidental timing. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. I, I am worried, though, uh, about several issues. It was a, a couple of months ago, Wendy, that something called the Trump Accountability Project appeared on the Internet, and it showed up on Twitter with a link to a Google document that had the name of every single person who's worked in the administration, how many days or years or months they were there, what their title was and what their salary was, every single one. With the heading, we need to make sure these people are known to everyone so that after this administration is over, they will never work again in Washington or in broadcasting. And it, it created a tsunami of anger on social media. A lot of people left and right went, what's wrong with you? You can't do this. And they took it out of public view. But I happen to know it remained online for quite some time. I think it's still up there, especially when we stumble into the story about what the guy at Forbes said about not hiring people from the Trump administration. This was a little chilling to me. Yeah, and there is a lot of information still online about the Trump Accountability Project, but it is in the same vein as the um, article you're referencing in Forbes, where there has been this very vocal push to refuse to hire people that worked for the president. And not just those that maybe were his spokespeople, which are really the focus of this Forbes article, but anybody at any time. It's, it seems, in, at least in some industries and with some people, to have been broadened to blacklist anybody that worked in his administration in any capacity. And that seems to be true you know, it's been true to some extent throughout the years of, of him being president in terms of, you know, it's alienates 
conversations within families and social circles, but to actually proactively attempt to deny somebody employment because of it, I feel like we're seeing that a lot more recently than ever. I don't remember ever seeing that type of vehemence, over in, in, at least in the first couple of years. Now it really seems to have gone over the edge. Yeah, and to me it's troubling because just a couple of years ago you actually had a member of Congress talking about confronting people in the administration. Maxine Waters talking like this. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. And now, a few years later, we have a major organization that deals with companies, individuals of great wealth, etc., and they are basically saying if you're going to hire somebody who's worked in that administration in the communications area, we're not going to believe anything they say. And if Forbes can't believe it, it won't get credibility in the financial markets. This is really scary to me. I've, I've never seen anything like this, Wendy. I haven't either. And Mike, I wonder if it is all fueled by the bipartisan outrage over the storming of the Capitol. It seems like, and, and first of all, there is, there's one thing we all agree on, and ironically, it's united so many of us that everybody is horrified and outraged by what happened. But the emotion attached to that and the blame that's assigned for that, that seems to have divided people far more in the last week or so than I've ever noticed before. Uh, and, and you are correct that it does lead to people being ostracized and blacklisted. They don't want them working at certain companies where it used to just be about human beings getting along and doing different jobs. I mean, there's so much more that unites us. We're all worried about COVID. We all love our children. We all that politically, it seems like it's come to a head recently. And what I wonder, Mike, is will that continue? Or after we have what we all hope is a peaceful transition of power, Will things calm down and will we achieve some sense of normalcy where, you know, in, in Congress they work across the aisle? Why can't we in the private sector do the same thing? That's probably the question that's going to come up. Yeah, but I'm very nervous because places like Hollywood, the entertainment industry, yeah. they are so heavily, heavily left-leaning just the way big tech is that you have now entire sectors that could be blocked from anyone getting work. And this this is not America to me. We're allowed to be different different thinkers when it comes to politics, but when it comes to our job, it shouldn't matter at all. It's like skin color to me. I read a, um, an op-ed piece in the Wall Street Journal on Monday from a guy named Shapiro, an attorney in Washington, D.C. And he was talking about the impeachment, saying Trump didn't do anything or say anything that focused or related to seditious behavior or inciting a riot. He said, in fact, the president didn't mention violence on Wednesday, much less provoke or incite it. He said, quote, I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. And he went on to quote what the District of, of Columbia says is a riot and it's a public disturbance 
et cetera, et cetera, and talks about uh, the grave injury, grave danger, damage to property. And he said, Mr. Trump spoke. There was no public disturbance, only a rally. The disturbance came later with a small minority who entered the perimeter and broke the law, and they should be prosecuted. I think we all agree anybody was caught inside the Capitol doing dumb things or or criminal things or attacking officers should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. But it seems like there is um, there is a mob mentality right now that's going after uh, a skin. You know, they want Trump's skin and now they want anyone who's attached to him. And I I just don't know. how do you even prove if you're being blacklisted? Is There has to be, uh, I guess, evidence of a list. I've never encountered this, Wendy. I'm really miffed. Yeah, and, and that you that's really going to be the question that's on anybody's mind is, is, did I not get this job? Did I get passed over for a promotion? Does it have something to do with my affiliation, with my conservative views, with statements I've made about the president? Or is it a legitimate, is there some other reason I, I, I'm, even, even if I'm just as qualified as the next person? That question's going to linger. You know, as you were talking, Mike, I was thinking back to the, the election in, 2000, in 2016. We forget how divisive that was. Um, things did calm down, and uh, Congress got back to work and did the job that they do. They actually work better together than we give them credit for. Most of, the, most of the things they pass are sometimes even unanimous. They're kind of like the Supreme Court. You only hear about it if it's a divided decision. Um, but I wonder if as things calm down, we, we won't have people worrying about not having gotten the job they applied for because they were affiliated with the Trump organization. I hope that as those people are prosecuted. And, and as a prosecutor, I, I hope we get every last one of them because we are a nation of laws. And if you break the laws, you suffer the consequences. But as we move forward into 2021, which can only get, which can only get better, <laughs> given where we are now, I wonder if this blacklisting idea doesn't lose a little luster as people want to attract talent. And maybe they understand it's more about the value and the jobs people can bring to an organization rather than who they were affiliated with in years past. That remains to be seen, but I guarantee you, Mike, we're not talking about this for the last time. Yeah, I know. And we're out of time right now, but I thank you for being there. Her name is Wendy Patrick. Find her at Wendy Patrick PhD, and hopefully you'll find me here when we get back from commercial. 